weiß Bescheid. Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. back to the show today i have with us quite a fun little guest um this fella i actually first connected with him a few months ago i saw him through a friend of a friend through another thing and just sort of expanded and snowballed and rapidly became his number one fan um the truth that this man speaks uh or whatever the questions that he asks or the things that he posts uh the war that he's having with the algorithm is very familiar to what we're doing over here uh, and I just thought if he's got some time and if he's got some availability, I very much look forward to talking to him. So on a long shot, I reached out. Uh, we did get him, uh, which is why I'm doing the intro right now, because he's waiting to speak. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, um, please help me welcome Jason Kristoff to the show. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. That was great. Yeah, I I, and I was and it's true. I was looking at, you know, some of your stuff and and and. Uh, you popped up obviously again the algorithm after you and I connected, and you're traveling. It looks like you're uh, you're in uh, BC and all that sort of stuff, traveling through Canada and a few things. Yeah, I was. Tra- <laughs> I don't really have a home right now. I live in New Mexico. I, I am 
originally from, well, I'm from St. John's, Newfoundland, originally in uh, Canada. Mm. And I moved to Cornwall, Ontario up until about a year ago, where I got a little hot on the tyrannical side. So I got my Mexican residency, went to Mexico. And then I've been traveling here and there, just trying to find a home, visiting friends. And when you're sort of homeless, uh, when you meet your friends, everything connects a lot more deeply. You know, the heart to heart is a, a lot more genuine. I would agree with that. I love the idea of, of of being a digital nomad now as well. And that we can work from pretty much anywhere is kind of a neat thing. So we don't need to set roots. And and even the archaic system of, you know, buy a house, white picket fence, two and a half kids, you know, uh, th- three car garage. I mean, that whole uh, diatribe is is fading as well. So it's like, what? why do I need to be anywhere really? Um, Mexico is huge on my list. Would you recommend it? Do you, are you enjoying your time in Mexico? I really enjoy my time. I mean, the summer is quite hot <laughs> yeah. compared to Canada, but the, the months from November till around May in Mexico are fantastic. Not a cloud in the sky, 27 degrees, no humidity. And that's when you really enjoy the surfing villages, the fine dining, the outdoor activities, the festivals. It's a beautiful, very friendly spot. I'm in Puerto Vallarta, so it's a, it's not really super touristy, but it's it's welcome to the North Americans, and I, I find it very inviting and very exciting to be down here. Amazing, amazing. My intention is to be there January, February, March this year. Oh, you'll love it. You'll absolutely love it. You'll fall. You'll, you know, do do the right things and eat at the right restaurants and you'll be hard pressed to go back. Oh man, I'm already hard pressed to go back and I'm I haven't even left here yet. I you know, you know, the tyranny is is it's atrocious. Actually, you know, the last thing I posted on Instagram, um, uh, as per this talk, let me just see here and pull this up. It says, uh, crying out conspiracy theory every time you encounter a complex uh, subject isn't going to cut it in intellectual discourse anymore. And that's, uh, that's a big thing. I mean, that's a, a, a timely piece that that's up there now. And it really speaks to how Ottawa handled um, obviously the, the, the truckers and, and how the media is handling everything. Now we knew for a long time, things were a bit askew um, how deep that rabbit hole goes. Uh, it, it honestly, to me, to somebody who's got the ability to keep looking and, and, and see it with an open mind. That rabbit hole just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. When the people of like three, four years ago, I was the crazy guy at the dinner party, you know? And, you know, two years ago, things started to make a little bit more sense. And then last year, I had friends that were sitting in their houses in Ottawa watching the news. And it's terror and doom and gloom. And these truckers are violent and violence is everywhere. They look out the window. There's bouncy castles and free food barbecues everywhere. And everyone's coming together as a unit and the government is trying to drive a wedge and drive people apart. They couldn't believe their eyes when they see the, the the window, the black, the black mirror, the TV, and then out the window, two entirely different things. Is this, is this what pushed you out finally out of Canada or, or how did that, how did that play for you? Well, I, I've been investigating vaccinations for a very long time, for probably 25 years. I mean, my, my articles on vaccines, some of them are very simple. Mm-hmm. where I collect, I might have 35 documentaries that prove vaccines are unsafe and ineffective, and they've never been proven to provide immunity. And there's like 105 book citations in the one article. I can send you that too, if people want to browse over those documentaries, because a lot of people have tried to warn the public about vaccines. So Trudeau, of course, 
which is running a dictatorship. I'm not too sure if people are cluing into that, that, you know, they have this one man getting bribed by uh, foreign entities, you know, destroying the public every single day he wakes up. And so when I started to get the impression that the vaccines were going to be somewhat mandatory or it could escalate all the way to mandatory, I thought, you know what, I got to get out of here because these shots, if they're going to be mandatory, they're not going to be like the other ones. And the other ones were proven fatalistic themselves. So if they're going to try to mandate some kind of injection, you can you can bet uh, your bottom dollar that it's not it's not going to be. Uh, you know, one in one in a million that are going to be getting injured or killed by this shot. So I got out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's funny looking at the vaccine statuses now, um, seeing how the news and the media are spinning it so that the, the vaccinated and the, and the unvaccinated are to be treated equal and that there's no difference. Uh, and then you start, and then you, you see, you see so many other, articles or, or, or clippings where like doctors are dying and things are, things are happening. And I'm looking at this sort of stuff and I'm thinking to myself, you know, me personally, like I've looked at this and I've looked into the vaccines. I did not believe any of the vaccine statements. I've not got 25 years of vaccine status or homework, uh, you know, on me. Uh, but I never liked the idea of them sticking anything in me. Uh, even back as a kid, I'm like, this is a bit weird, but I didn't believe the numbers, the vaccine numbers. I didn't believe the the COVID deaths. I didn't believe any of the story that was coming out. None of it. Just something inside me. Now, on the flip side of that, and this is where I get into a lot of trouble because, you know, I don't get into a lot of trouble, but, you know, this is where this is where the, the both sides turn on me. I also don't believe in the vaccine death numbers. You know, I don't believe in the damages. I see the sports guys. I see the story of the sports guys dropping like flies. And I look at this stuff and I think to myself, there's, there's so much more to this. I mean, yes, sports players are dropping more, more, more and more often, but even this as it's delivered seems peculiar, false or peculiarly contrite. So, I mean, we live in a time now where fentanyl is huge and there's all kinds of designer drugs that are huge and, and the vaccine deaths, that people are talking about seem overblown to me. I don't know if you've looked into this or, or if you've, if you've had any sort of similar ideas on with regards to that, but it seems to me, and I don't have an answer for it. It's just an observation at this point in the game that the same group of people that were pushing the fear, fear, fear of uh, not being vaccinated are the, are the exact same people or narrative or control pushing the fear, fear, fear of getting vaccinated. Right. I don't know. Yeah, if that's- that, I, so, you, so what you're saying is you believe that they're really propagandizing the. Li- you're saying that the deaths from the vaccine might be limited, and they're really propagandizing those limited deaths. I think so. Yeah, I, it, I've I'm- seen a lot of people die in my town, uh, my old town of Cornwall, Ontario, and it looks like. The average death rate in Canada is 1% of the population die every year. So it's about through, what is it? Uh, well, we got 30 million, what is it? 300,000 people die every year. Mm-hmm. So in, in a place like Cornwall, Ontario, where there's 50,000 people, that's 500 people die a year. I guarantee you that's doubled 
And there's insurance companies that saying the excess mortality is going to go up 5,000% in the next couple of years. So those, those are the insurance actuaries that are saying that, that right now there's a 40% increase in all cause mortality. And because of the angle that it's, the trajectory is very steep. They're expecting a 5,000% increase in all cause mortality. So although it might seem like, I know people that personally died from the shot. I had one die right in front of me inside the fitness club that I owned in Cornwall, Ontario. He was alive standing up, blood started running out his nose and he was dead standing up and well dead when he hit the ground like two seconds later. Wow. So this, uh, and you know, the obituaries, I get people from my old town in Cornwall, Ontario, send me the obituaries quite a bit because they know what's going on and there's you know there's people dying that should not be dying whatsoever and there's lots of deaths in the early going some medical doctors you know anteing up i know a medical doctor in cornwall that took it died on the floor and you're really supposed to you know if you're in ill health usually used to die you know in the hospital bed as your health you know as your life faded out of you this sort of dying at work you know we we've never seen that before it's very rare for someone to die driving die running i mean if they're in ill health they usually get sick go to the hospital and die very you know die over a couple of weeks mm-hmm. this dying on the spot or dying suddenly is new and we all know what's new but the mind control and the brainwashing and the you know the behavior modification with the reward and punishment systems have have already implanted in the people what's the right answer what's the wrong answer to bond with the herd you're not really allowed to speak about the genocide even if it's inside your own family so this is you I mean this is how propaganda brainwashing and mind control works it really takes the freedom of expression out of people's minds before it even gets there which is exactly where we're heading into uh, mind control as, as the next topic. Um, I want to bring up one thing. I was unaware that that these people were, I guess I shouldn't say unaware. I hadn't tied in the dropping dead on the spot thing. And the interesting thing about that is that's how they initially delivered COVID. Remember, it, it was the uh, in China, they were just dropping <laughs> yeah. dead on the streets. Right. That so that it's interesting, you know, that, that this is what's happening now. And that that's that's how they initially delivered the fear. Um I I watch this, I watch people wake up from this. I, I watch people sort of comprehend and understand the illusion that was getting these people to 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 take this on a, on an absolute mass scale. Um I'm lucky that I never ever had to take the jab or come near it or anything like that. So I've I've been locked into Canada for a little while with regards to some of the rules and been a prisoner to Canada and Klaus Schwab and his WEF. Um, but I, I've, I've danced around this. The members of my family all got, all got the jab uh, and they fought it and they fought it and they fought it and they got it. And then they feel bad about it. Uh, and I do know a lot of every single person that I know that got it now feels bad about it. And I do know that with regards to the programming that you were talking about, we weren't allowed to talk about it, just like I posted on on, on on Instagram. When we start talking about it, the cognitive dissonance and other people jump in. Reminds me of The Matrix. The Matrix says there are certain people at a certain age you can't unplug them. So they will fight tooth and nail to defend this narrative. And you watch these people regurgitate these facts, and these points. 
One thing that I talk about a lot on the show too is the bots, the social media bots and how they, they probably parlay out into, into real world bots as well. You know, the, the idea of the NPC, how, how our narrative is, is, is very easily controlled uh, by other people. Do you have any take on, on NPCs as a, you know, this is kind of, we're all over the place here. There's ladies and gentlemen, I should, I should preface this by saying normally he knows what's going on. I'm blindsiding him with all these questions today. So we're kind of all over the board here. Well, the NPCs, I mean, <laughs> they're very interesting concepts. I think Max Egan from the Crow House, uh, very famous truth teller, has one of the best concepts on the NPCs <laughs> regarding these shots manipulating our DNA, our DNA being sort of a frequency generator that pulls our consciousness into our body. Everybody's DNA is a little bit different, so it pulls a different consciousness in. And the NPCs, potentially in the past, this isn't the only time the, the uh, DNA has been modified. And so this modification that we're going seeing right now basically alters their DNA, alters their frequency, pulls in an NPC soul that can be easily manipulated and uh, controlled, governed, and stolen from. The, I find that a very interesting theory that Max, Max has proposed, guaranteed. But the NPCs, you could explain them simply in psychological basis that the human the basic human, you take them right out of the jungle, needs to bond with the bigger herd to feel safe. So what sometimes looks like an NPC and Max Egan's theory is pretty far out there for the average person, but we, we all need to bond with the herd to feel safe. We're always seeking safety. Mm -hmm. And the way the news works and the way the government works, they always portray themselves as the most powerful, biggest tribe. And that if you want to be safe, you side with us, you flash our gang colors, you talk our language, you do what we say, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let you pass safely through Satan's realm. But it's all a big trap. <laughs> and the people that are manipulating the psychology of the news, they know that humans will, you know, you can herd buffalo to jump off a cliff. I mean, that's what the... Uh, the natives of the Canadians plains used to do all the time, drive the Buffalo right off the cliff. So if you get humans are pack animals or herd animals like that, they're always seeking safety in the bigger group. And it's proven that our subconscious is always tabulating environmental stimuli based on repetition. This is how propaganda and brainwashing works. 85% of brainwashing and mind control is based on repetitive content. Mm -hmm. So this is why the TD bank, emailed me in March, 2020, the, every company I ever did business with the cabal co companies were emailing me about COVID love that the, their, you know, their protocols and this repetitive content was designed to hack the subconscious mind pathway, which looks at repetitive content as the indication of what the bigger herd is thinking, saying, or doing. And of course, that part of the brain also forces us outside our conscious awareness to follow that repetitive, you know, the repetitive cueing or signaling to lead us in the safe direction. And this is the basis of psychological manipulation. 85% of psychological manipulation or behavior modification is this cabal co companies and the government all working together to drown the public in a tsunami of similar repetitive content 
to, to basically hijack their behavior in advance. Have you expanded upon that inside your own mind as you're sitting there enjoying a cup of tea, perhaps? I mean, in do you? so many people will say, follow the money. This is all about the money. But I'm of the firm belief that those that are doing all of the things that you just spoke about and, and pulling those strings invented the money as another distraction for us. They invented the tool. And, and this is kind of the thing that we follow. You know, we, when you talk about safety, you could, again, we talked earlier, white picket fence, you know, a two car garage, that sort of thing. This, this idea that we have to chase the money. Um, and, and in my mind and in my estimation, I think that the money itself is, it's, it's a manipulation. It's used. It explains why there's no real backing to any dollar. It explains why they're going to push everything into crypto and then, and then, and then, you know, remove crypto as well. They're, they're, they're gauging all of this stuff. Um, there's no safe place for your money. Now, all the hard work that we've done for it. I look at this and I'm, I'm wondering, like, do you have, do you have a far out there? Like, do you, after seeing all this stuff and, and talking all these truths and understanding all this stuff inside your mind, is there something inside you that says, and then it leads to this and this and this, and there's, this is kind of an end result. Do you have a, do you have a working theory going on as to what the hell all of this stuff really means? Cause like, there's a, there's a reason behind all of this manipulation and trickery and, and all that it's, shit. It's a satanic initiation. That's what it is. So their end goal is you will own nothing and be happy. Mm -hmm. And some people are injecting themselves with poison, injecting their kids with poison in order to go along to get along and the people please. There are nurses and doctors euthanizing their patients. I mean, if you go to David Icke's, documentary on the use of midazolam to euthanize senior citizens in the UK. There's people be, and uh, John O'Looney is a UK funeral director. I just sent him his interview out on my Kristoff uh, report today. If anybody wants the Kristoff report, they can email me at Jason at freedom from self-sabotage.com and they'll get like my report. I sent out five times a week, but there are people getting paid to kill each other. And it's not the money that the people who invented the fake money are interested in. They're interested in the removal of the soul that happens when you do evil to other people. So the fact that they're going to try and steal all the money away that they gave these people to euthanize each other simply means they're interested in the soul removal by forcing that person for money through a satanic ritual. So they're actually modifying the human spirit to be more satanic than anything else. Hmm. And they're, they're working the humans through this ritual with money as the carrot, but they intend to really, really put that person through hell. Cause what, you know, there, they said there was uh, Dr. Russell Blaylock and many other doctors have shown that killing a patient under the name of COVID in an American hospital will produce for the hospital a $100,000 paycheck at the end of the, of the murder. And so a lot of people, the, so the murdering of other people has been incentivized and monetized and yet the phrase is you will own nothing and be happy. And a lot of the cryptocurrencies that they want to give people have expiry dates on them. So that means you'll be given an allotment of money, but you can never save it. Mm -hmm. So what they're trying to do is get everybody through the satan satanic ritual 
to change their behavior, to change their soul, to change their spirit, to make them cold-blooded killers for money and then remove the money. And if you remove the money, all you have is a cold-blooded killer. I hope I hope that's the answer you were looking for. <laughs> Man, I'm just as shocked as you are about what's going on here today. I uh, I... <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't looking for that answer. I don't know. I mean, it's fascinating. It's certainly fascinating. Do you see, do you see in this scenario or in any scenario? I mean, obviously we're at war with something. We, I don't even know. I don't even know who we are in this scenario. Like, I don't know what separates you. I don't know why you and I were, were able to be Buffalo that turned around, you know? I don't know why we why we why we see these things and we 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 run drastically away from anything that they try to push on us. I don't know what started that. I don't know what woke us up. I don't know I don't know how this this began. I don't know why people call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't know why, you know, all of those people that make fun of me and that say that I'm crazy or say that you're crazy, right? I, they don't understand that at one point you and I thought just like they did and that we thought our way out of that. And that there's a, there's a way to get out of that. And I don't know any of this stuff. I'll tell you this though, but when I was dead asleep, I was miserable. I was bored. I was, I was practically borderline suicidal. I shouldn't even say borderline. Like it, it had crossed my mind. I was so bored. And I look at this stuff now and this, this new joie de vivre, this new love for life. Um, I see all of the negatives that you're talking about. I've, it's crossed my mind. It's I've dabbled with all of it. I mean, that heavy satanic ritual, you know, cold-blooded killer for hire, for murder, for money. And then, and then like, that was like ultra bleak. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. But I mean, it's, it's highly probable. I mean, why, why not? But my, you know, I think about these things and I think to myself at the end, like, why is there a group of people somewhere going, ha, we, we did it. We fucking, we did it. You know, or are they like, 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 is it just to see, is there, is there multiple groups of people that are like, Hey, let's stick with these guys. Let's see what these guys are capable of. Let's try this. Let's try that. You know, for me, like, again, I don't know what woke me up. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I've got the ability to speak. I don't know why all these people are listening to me right now. Um, but I love every ounce of everything that we're doing. And again, I see the, the positivity. I see the fact that all of this negative bullshit, like, and I said this a thousand times back to, with regards to the celebrities and adrenochrome. Right. If the if all the celebrities were doing was eating green jelly beans, none of us would have taken notice. But I mean, if they're if they're doing a little bit more than that, whatever it may be, um, that's when we pay attention, right? And then we we also I also have to understand, and I do understand and comprehend that fundamentally everything that we think, every every ounce of our ability to be cognitive was essentially handed to us by the very system that we're at war with. And I know that inside my own ability to think this, that, and the other thing, like, like you mentioned good versus evil, satanic people. And those satanic people made us aware of satanic people and they made us aware of God people. Right. And they created the narrative of good versus evil or the narrative was already there. And I don't know. I don't know this because I think about religion. Every religion essentially bows to a God to a higher power and every religion for the most part believes in peace. So at what point did this screw around come from? We have to kill all the people that aren't our religion. You know, my God says your God's garbage and we're going to start stabbing you. Right? Like this story that you and I are living, that we're all living right now at this very moment could have been told exactly the same, except for it was called the crusades and they had swords instead of needles. Right. Absolutely. 
And I think it's important for people to focus on, this is probably done on a regular basis on this planet. I believe the people who are doing this have done it before, and they're basically human farmers. And what they do is they grow us just, I mean, I grow tomato plants mm-hmm. and you know, when they're done, you pick them out and they're dead and you actually cut the bottom branches as well so that the plant doesn't share its energy with the bottom branches. You get bigger tomatoes on the top branches if you sacrifice the bottom branches. And what they've done to us is they've put us in a school where they shunt our creative energy away from what we naturally are, who we naturally are, what we're naturally designed to do, and they trim our potential so that we produce better fruit for them. And the fruit that they're harvesting right now is our money, our assets. That's, that's our fruit. And except when you farm humans, you can't really steal their assets when they're alive. And I believe this, this is a human farm. And we're in this contract as humans ourselves. Like when we go to the grocery store, the only time the cow produces profit is when it's dead. Everything in the grocery store only produces profit for the marketer when the item is killed and ready to be consumed by something else. So we're already in this contract. Like this whole cycle of killing things and stealing their energy, we're okay with it when it's a chicken. We're okay with it when it's a cow, but we're like, oh shit, we don't like this when it's us. So we're really going to have to start thinking about, you know, what, what we'll tolerate, what we won't tolerate and, um, you know, what's really going on here. This is a, is a big exercise and in introspection is what's going on uh, when someone takes the reins in our society and looks at us. They used to look at us as milking cattle. Now they look at us as beef cattle and now we're freaking out. I, you, okay. So uh, I love this, this, you and I have a similar, like basically we're hundred percent on the same page except for we're totally, we're reading different books. And like, and this is amazing. Cause this is where, this is where true fun comes from. Like you said, they want our shit. Like they want my fucking couch and TV house, computer, my bed. Absolutely. I don't believe that at all. I think they invented that bullshit. I think, and you've talked about this before. I think they want my soul. I think they want my essence. I think they want my energy. I think they want my attention. I think they want me to be in fear. I think they want me vibrating lower. I think that this is all energetic as opposed yeah. to financial. Now, granted, finance holds energy. The couch holds energy, right? So we're literally talking the same language. That's why I said we're on the same page reading different books. And I'm excited about this because I had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine, Sabine. Uh, shout out to Sabine up in Ottawa. And she said, she, we were talking about, uh, she she mentioned something about gender reversal. And I'm sure you're familiar with the inverted genders and all that sort of stuff. with her. Absolutely. Kids. Yeah. So... And I said to her, I'm like, I've thought past that, I believe, in inverted genders. And this is like, I'm going to read this right now. I said, what if we, the humans, aren't the top of the food chain in this ecosystem? What if we're led to believe that we are while something else feeds off us? Kind of a stretch to think about. But what is those uh, who are above us on the food chain, what if those who are above us on the food chain, they can look like us and they can manipulate us into doing things ourselves that we that would make us more suitable to snack on or easier to digest. It would stand to reason the celebs are the celebs we think are inverts are really just something else 
uh, painted to look like us, to trick us into doing things for them. Humanity is extremely lazy and easily influenced as well as being ultra stubborn or even believing we or sorry, ultra stubborn and believing that we could in believing that we could even be influenced without realizing everything we actually do currently is a result of previous influence madness. Uh, but um, what was the rest? Anyway, it's a work in progress. It was how I ended that. It's a work in progress thought and theory. And I laugh that you, I mentioned like that you mentioned that you brought that up because that I talked to her about this yesterday and <laughs> she read it. You can see that it's been read and she's like, no reply. <laughs> you know, like there's people that you know you can't grab it because that's kind of where I am in this, in this fascinating world. Like it's a hundred percent. Yes. It's about the money. It's about this. It's about essence, it's about energy and the inverted celebrities and the this and the that. And, and what if it is, what if it truly is about, about them harvesting us? What if they, what if there are another species and we've all heard about the grays and the reptiles and all this sort of stuff and all this stuff that was, was podunk and poo poo for, for the longest time. We weren't allowed to talk about this shit. The national Enquirer in every store, since you were a kid sitting right there on the rack, on your way out of the grocery store, nobody said nothing about it, but you and I start mentioning one or two things. And then Facebook's got its fact checkers, right? Yeah. Like the Enquirer can do and say whatever the hell it wants. But if you say something, Facebook's like, nah, we ain't doing this, you know? And that like this, like we, like, that's what, like, you know, oh man, I just get mad. And I know that you and I could talk for hours and hours and hours, but this is where the algorithm comes in. Like I'm looking at your Facebook right now too. And you've got some a massive hits. So you've clearly got an audience on Facebook, which is phenomenal because I got killed on Facebook a long time ago. Now for me, it's just kind of fun. But some of your stuff, is you know, uh, like you like 2,500, 15,000. I'm just scrolling through here. People like you're into the thousands of people interacting with you, and then other stuff that's like pertinent and, po- and, and important has like 68, 60, you know. And I think to myself, like, in what world is, is our you know, are we getting our message out there? In what world are we allowed to say the things that we're allowed to say? You know, we're utilizing the tools of the same entities that are trying to crush us to get this message across i don't know it's fascinating to me you can get the the ones you're seeing like the ones with the starbucks logo i did i picked the logos i know what they want people to see so the algorithms will sort through repetitive content so all mind controller 85 percent is based on what the person sees on a repetitive basis. Right. They want the public to see the World Economic Forum. You see that one got a lot of hits. I think that was just let out oh yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it's in that. the th- it's in the thousands, 2. okay. 6 already. Yeah, so they want you to see the W the the World Economic the WIF. They want you to see the World Economic Forum logo. They want you to see the Starbucks logo because they want you to drown they want to drown your subconscious mind pathway which is a safety mechanism. So they want to trigger or associate the Starbucks logo and smoking and drinking. And, and there's a reason for that. Like the Starbucks logo, they want to go very deep into your audience because number one, Starbucks is owned by Bill Gates. So th- this is where they get their seed funding. It doesn't matter if it's a live aid with Bono or you know the Iran-Contra fair. They need funding for their worldwide takeover Mm -hmm. and they want people to go into starbucks and there's a reason for that because there's actually two protective parts of the mind there's the conscious mind as well and it's a very effective defense mechanism 
its defenses are all about being logical and rational, using the eyes and using the mind. Those are your two big defense mechanisms inside the conscious mind pathway. Use the eyes, use the brain. There's a secondary one that steps back. It's always second position called the, what we've talked about already, the subconscious. And the subconscious is your compliant, obedient, people pleaser, take a knee to authority. That's how it protects you if the conscious mind is off its game. And anything in Starbucks, because it's straight poison, it's not fit for a maggot to consume, especially the coffee. If you go to Fritz Springmeier's book on the CIA mind control, caffeine ranks extremely high on disrupting brain function in the conscious mind pathway. The conscious mind is the assessor of reality. And if it's off its game with poison, it actually falls back and insists the subconscious take control of, of the door at the nightclub. The subconscious is now the bouncer and the subconscious will comply and obey and people please and really run after the herd. So they want the Starbucks logo infiltrating deep into your, into your friend and follower list because the more they see the Starbucks logo, the way safety mechanisms work in the subconscious mind, it associates the most repetitive content with safety. So that means they would have saw it on Facebook. They see the sub, uh, the logo of Starbucks. They're walking by Starbucks. You get another hit. You get another repetitive imprint into the subconscious mind pathway. That's called dormant programming. All you need is kind of two matching pictures, like the card game Uno. I don't know if you remember the card game yeah. Uno, where you look for matching themes. And then they're more drawn to Starbucks unconsciously, and they don't know why. That's why they... That's why when I want to say something important, I'll hijack something unhealthy and something foul or something inverted, which I know they want the public to see. So it's, it's like a virus. I ride into the system. I ride into the matrix on one of their themes, hoping to destroy it from the inside <laughs> out. Bro, you've hijacked the very algorithm that I've been at war with. I, right. uh, I, I am right in start with using you. your tactics and this, I learned something fascinating and new today. That's for sure. All right. Who are you? Uh, what program are you using to create your memes? They're fantastic. It's Adobe spark. You just got to be careful because I pay the nine 99 to avoid the watermark mm -hmm. on, on the memes, but I get the HD photos from unsplash and of course, Unsplash has free HD photos, but they have it for a reason. Because again, repetitive content programs the behavior outside people's conscious awareness. So they give the, the, the pictures they want you to see, the uh, interracial couples, gay couples. Uh, there's no families with kids over you know, more than one or two children. There's no big family get-togethers at the table. They can completely, it looks like a free site but they push you in the direction that they want you to go in. Which is, again, what you were just doing. You're like, well, I'll use your pictures and put my words on it. Right. I'll use your pictures. And, you know, and I put up something about, uh, wrote something about the monkey pox, and then I put it on uh, kind of a gay pride flag, and it just got sucked into the matrix. <laughs> Uh, because that's what they want you to see. They want you to see the gay pride parade uh, pr uh, flag. And there's nothing wrong with the LGBTQ community. They're actually being hijacked right now and used 
100%. nefarious means, yeah. uh, means. So they have to be very careful because you don't want, you know, they're grooming kids in, in government schools under the pride flag. And that's only going to go so far till there's a huge pushback. I think so. But that's all coordinated as well. I mean, the gay community has nothing to do with the grooming of children in school. No. <laughs> that, that's the government and the inverted Satanists that have that. So we have to be we have to be aware of what's going on so we don't lay our anger on the wrong group. Oh, 100%. It's like it, it was the same thing with Black Lives Matter. I mean, how are you supposed to argue that Black Lives Matter? You can't, right? But then Black Lives Matter became militarized, not became, was designed to be militarized. These are... These are militants, this Antifa business, these these brick pallets when 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 the protests were mostly peaceful, you know, like it, it's 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 a great idea. That's that's they it's an intentional idea to to mess with people. All my gay friends are like, bro, that shit's weird. They're like, I don't I don't want anything to do with that. Right. So I understand that narrative, you know, and I understand that push. And, and when you say something to anyone that's still fully asleep or quasi asleep, they're like, you're against the gays. Well, I'm not against the gays. I'm, I'm not against anybody doing anything. Just be happy, right? What I am against is aggression, arrogance, ignorance. I'm against all of that sort of stuff um, simply because it doesn't need to take place. And then when we talk about the government's hijacking certain things and putting them into the school systems that people are so accustomed to, they don't even realize that at birth or at a very young age, the, separate, the family unit was destroyed. Dad goes to work. Mom goes to work. Sister goes to school. Brother goes to other school. The whole family splits up and they go and they get they get programmed to keep churning out the crap that they're churning out and to stay asleep and to not bother anybody. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree with you, Adam. And you see the, the families like this today. You know, the one kid goes to school out in another city, never comes back. Then they send the other kid to the East Coast or the opposite coast. He never comes back. And that's not the way families are supposed to operate. They're supposed to stay together, supposed to be strong, supposed to meet and share energy. And again, like you were talking about, the harvesting of energy. There's an invisible ether that floats around us all the time, 100%. sort of supports us, supports our life force, and it grows bigger. It upregulates, it magnifies when we're around our loved ones. So this energy game, they've been playing a very long time. That's why they're always trying to isolate us and if you look at, I mean, the isolation where they locked everybody down, uh, one of the great, you know, behavioral psychologists, Juice Merlou, he always said it's you can only train animals when they're in isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, if you talk to a horse trainer, that all the other horses have to be in the barn when you have to train the horse as a single. Or if you train dogs, they have to be trained separately from each other because when they get in groups, they goof around and they don't pay attention. So this is the other reason they locked us down to drive that repetitive-based mind control. When people were locked down, what were they seeing? Repetition, looking into their mind control devices called TVs, getting downloaded into the subconscious mind pathway, all the programs that they, you know, that the cabal needed to put in there, the repetitive content, the fear and when the when the neurological system is exposed to fear the conscious mind you know with the thinking and the eyesight again it falls back and allows the subconscious mind to provide its defense mechanism which is obedience so the fear is done perfectly uh, purposely and always has been 
to initiate what I call that's the switcheroo. The conscious mind goes and hits the shower. The subconscious defense mechanism comes to the forefront. It's obedient and compliant. And they said, here's the fear. I'm going to shut down your conscious mind. You're going to do what we tell you. And that's why they're kind of rolling back all the restrictions now on the shots and not pushing the shots as much because the damage is done. They know the damage is done. People are dropping, dropping like flies. And a lot of them haven't had additional shots past the third shot and they're still dying. They know what they were doing the entire time. It's, it could get really, really ugly the next six months. Yeah. I hope it doesn't because there are a lot of people that I love that have stuck the jab in their arms. Uh, and like, you know, you know, like you said, it, uh, you don't get much warning. Um, yeah. But- it's from a standing position most times. That's so weird. That's so weird. I, you know, you, you just obviously you don't want to have that. You don't want to experience that. I also, when it comes to the jab too, I was of the firm belief that there was a bunch of tests going on, and that the the Johnson and Johnson and the Viagra and the other one, I don't remember. Pfizer and Moderna, yeah. yeah, that they were all something different, and that everyone that got bagged and tagged with a shot. They, it's like they were looking for a different result. I also think that some people were controlled. So I think that a lot of people, not a lot, but you know, enough people got uh, a complete placebo. Yeah. Uh, and I think that there's a bunch of stuff going on here because you hear so many different stories and it, and it almost leads to division too. They're like, no, well, this happened to me. My arm went numb. And I felt it going in. And there are some people who like panic. I know some people who got the shot and they were violently ill for about three days. I also know some people that got both shots and they're like, I didn't feel a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, so I think that I, I do think that every single one of those shots is specific to a specific test. And it was an addition in addition to something else that that was going on or that the humans were doing at the time. Uh, I don't know. But there's so much more that goes on in that. And it's fascinating that you're like, oh, they're probably going to back off on it. Because in Canada, I mean, are you still here right now? No, I'm in Mexico right now. Okay. Um, so in Canada now, they're, you know, Trump or sorry, Trudeau, Trump, Trudeau hasn't, uh, um, he hasn't really come out of his hole in a while, but he hasn't admitted to anything. We're still under super, we're we're basically still under control of Klaus. So, I mean, our travel is restricted, our this, that, and the other thing, you know, for the non-vax, they haven't, they haven't stepped off the gas on the non-vax. They shut down our internet for the entire day. I don't know if you were in town for that. Yeah. The Rogers uh, test, test run there for the, uh, yeah. And I've said this. I've said this fascinatingly enough. So I, in my opinion, there's something that's tied in to that with, uh, with regards to, um, to what's his face. Um, Tesla, uh, Elon Musk buying Twitter. When the, when the internet went down, uh, I had to switch from bell cause in my area, I couldn't get the quote unquote fastest internet. And when you run a podcast like this, you don't want laggy internet cause you don't want anyone chopping out at any point. It's right. just terrible sound. So I was forced to switch to Rogers. Whatever. And, and what most people that are listening to the show don't realize is that in Canada, we have Bell or Rogers. You know, in America, you've got 800,000 different ones to choose from. We don't have that. Uh, so when I switched over, uh, my podcast uploads went from about a minute with Bell to upload a full podcast to about 28 seconds, 25 seconds with Rogers. And then after the after the the, the blackout, it's about 10 seconds to upload. <laughs> So yeah. I have a very strong feeling that there was a uh, an internet type reset 
you know, when you've got like a load point saved on your computer or whatever, and you wipe it back to that load point. I think mm-hmm. that's what happened. I think that there was a thing that went on and they utilized a bunch of stuff all at once. And there was a few tests going on, but they also did a huge Twitter wipe or something wipe that was clogging up the system because my internet is twice as fast after it got rebooted. They probably just downloaded all the information that they collected and took it off the hard drive and put it onto some, another temporary hard drive for analysis of the behaviors, right? Because that, that's how they know who to attack and who not to attack, which countries had enough and which country can still be pushed because they analyze all the algorithms and all the data of the people in that country. That's what they're. That's what they're always doing. And, and Canadians, unfortunately, the the overwhelming data that's collected shows that most Canadians, if you just give them some beer and some internet and some porn, that you can actually just bulldoze them right into the asphalt, and they'll be okay with it. And they'll give you the old rock on sign as they're getting plowed under. <laughs> so it sounds terrible. <laughs> it, it sounds terrible, but it's true. And that that comes back to. Uh, I know, you know, we said about an hour here, so we got like 13 minutes or so left on that. But we, you know, we talked, we were going to get into mind control a little bit more. And Canadians are, we're kind, but it's because we've been brainwashed to be kind. And that's something that people can't even admit. It's like, what's the stereotype of Canada? Oh, they're very friendly. Very, very friendly people. What's the stereotype of Americans? Crazy. Crazy. Right. But. I've found most Americans that I've met to be completely neutral. But if you listen to the news, if you listen to the media, if you listen to the television, you listen to all this sort of stuff, Canadians are ultra friendly. Right. And, and we want to be friendly. That's the thing. I mean, I remember a comedian back in the eighties, you probably remember this too. I think it was on second city TV where what's his name walked up into the walked from the States up into Canada and into a Toronto neighborhood or maybe a Hamilton neighborhood and just started opening doors. They were, they were blown away that human like Canadians just didn't lock their doors. They're like, this can't be true. So they just walked in and, I remember, I remember clear as day. It was like an '80s vintage film. Like it, it was set, not vintage, because it was set in the '80s. But the guy, just this comedian, just started walking into people's houses, and they're like, "Hello." <laughs> so I mean, that programming is there. So for them to bulldoze us, like it's almost like the way you're saying it. It sounds like it's intentional that we were pre pre programmed to be ultra kind, uh, to be docile and placid as an entire country. Yeah, to be complicit, and the, it's because our school system is. You know, it's from the Prussian school system. And if you want to know how bad that is, you can read John Taylor Gatto's book called Weapons of Mass Instruction. But the Canadian school system is, you know, the same school system as the Prussian system, as the American system, as the Parisian system. It's all about making people compliant and go along to get along, people please and, you know, curtsy and bow. And the best guy in your town, I don't care where you live. The best guy in your town is the town. Everybody likes, sorry, is the the guy that everybody likes. And the only reason the popular people are popular in our communities is they they've learned the fine art of not offending people. And the only way to not offend people is just have no opinion of your own. We've <laughs> we're, we're that absolutely no opinion of your own. Five shots, 10 shots, uh, you know, lockdowns, no lockdowns, business closing. These people have no backbone. They stand for nothing. That's why they fall for everything. We've been pre-manufactured to be like this as a prelude to the attack. This attack, this attack that we're going through right now has been discovered firsthand by Dr. John Coleman in the book, The Committee of 300 in the 70s. 
this attack was being just found out, not planned, discovered by outsiders. And if anybody wants to learn about this attack that's formulated at least 50 years ago, maybe 70 years ago, they can go to David Whitehead's new documentary called Cult of the Medics. There's eight parts, but part one goes over the testimony of Dr. John Coleman and he was a scientist and researcher who was allowed inside the Smithsonian archives in the back room and found this plan that we're going through today about the Club of Rome inventing a psychological operation to make humans believe they're an enemy to each other, they're an enemy to the earth, and then to have them destroy each other because the Committee of 300 doesn't have the power to do it by force. They would need the humans to destroy themselves. And this, this is what, I mean, this is how deep the rabbit hole goes. And if you, you're on the right path too, with the energy magic issue, you should look into John D. He was Queen Victoria's magic liaison. And he had made contact contact through ancient Egyptian black magic rituals with an energetic force. So he says, and it doesn't matter if you believe it or not, they believe it. And you, you best find out what they believe because they're trying to enact their beliefs on the population right now. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what you believe. These people are doing yeah. it. There's, there's proof. They're doing it. Did, okay. So I have a question for you. How did you do in school? How were you in high school? What were your, what were your marks like? My marks were good because I was terrified not to. The reward and punishment systems were in place. And when you're smaller, and I was smaller man, like in public school and in high school, I was very slight. Your propensity to copy and people please and bend a knee to the herd is proven nine times more intense than a mature, strong adult who who knows they can handle themselves. So of course I was compliant with the dictates of the day. And I was very hungry for the rewards that the system would give me if I did what I was supposed to do. So my marks were good, always good. I went to university at McGill university, graduated with honors and opened my business. My first business six months after graduating McGill made lots of money and figured this out the hard way. Because when I made the money and I had these programs, I picked up the same program everybody else has in their mind because of the repetitive bullshit liaria content of our media. Mm-hmm. That when you get money, you're supposed to party. You're supposed to do cocaine like Scarface. You're supposed to drink like the hockey players. You're supposed to party and drink champagne. And Christelle, and I almost killed myself. So you did all that. Oh, I did so much of that. I don't need to do that one more time my entire life. I, one, of, one of the hugest talking points that I have on this show is, is um, my love for cocaine. Um, and let me state that. <laughs> uh, to anyone that's listened to the show or heard my episodes on that, it, 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 it's, it's fascinating because much like you, I love that story that you just said. Um, before any of this, I was uh, high ticket sales. So we were high ticket, high pressure sales. We sold expensive things. Uh, and I got, I got so good at it that I was training sales rooms and cocaine was, was, it was just on the table. It's without it. You, it was, it was a cup of coffee and a couple of lines of cocaine. You start your day. You know, um, it, it, this is one of those things for me that I held it as shame because I never really, I never, I never wanted people to know, you know, they knew I did it a little bit, but they didn't know how much I did it. 
I never had one of those faces that was like, you know, a cocaine tweaker. Those guys, I never had that. I functioned, I functioned quite well, really high, um, high functioning addict. And then one day I just, I quit it all because like you, I've done so much of it. I was so miserable. I was so depressed. We talked about this even earlier in the episode, suicidal. It had to go. I mean, right now, currently stone sober, you know, I haven't had a drink in five years uh, and it wasn't like I have a problem. I need to quit. I never went through that for me. It was like, I've done enough. I'm done with this. That was it. Like that's kind of how it went for me. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have that ability. They don't have that, 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 that point to say where I don't, I don't know who I am without the drugs. And that's a lot of that, a lot of society, they want that. I mean, there's a reason that people are pop from the, from very early age must be legal drinking age. Right. So children are watching this in North America, waiting to be 18, 19, 20 to get out there and start drinking. Right. So from a very young age, we're completely brainwashed and into this, into this ideology and this mentality. And it's that shit that screws us up for the rest of our lives. Um, I love being able to step out of that. I love, and I didn't know that about you. So I love the fact that you were once massively addicted to cocaine and alcohol because that that's such a huge depth of character to say, I lived through their personal war on me. What and 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 for me to even be able to say it at the time. You know, this doesn't feel like these are my choices. And then, and then to hear you say they made you, you know, once you had money, they made you believe this. You had to drink, you had to party, you had to do these things. Um, yeah. And, and just like you, the reason you were in the Mets hat and the re- reason you like those uh, quarter length, the peacoats that yeah, you were yeah. talking about, because you watched Seinfeld, you were exposed to repetitive content. I watched Scarface. I watched all the movies, Animal House. Mm-hmm. And that's how they get you coming and going. Yeah. And that's why they're so heavily inundating you with repetitive content about 18 to 20 or drinking in university or college. Cause it's proven energetically that the human animal is the most powerful intellectually between like 18 and 35. So they don't want you remembering who you are. They don't want you accessing that power. They don't want you feeling the energy flowing through you. And this is why these ancient black magic energy magicians produce the movies and TV shows where all the teenagers are having those red, those red plastic cups and they're all drinking outside out of uh, a keg and everybody's doing shooters and shots and everything's about alcohol and drugs and having a good time. And that's what's a problem with Americans is that they think that having the perpetual good time is their first amendment right. And the people who rule us want that. Mm -hmm. They want you having all the freedoms that don't count. And I call that freedom, F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. The freedom program, anything that makes you dumb is provided to you free by the state. So you'll end up with all the free dumbs that don't matter so that, and your real freedom is missing. And they want you to only realize that when it's too late. Okay. So follow up to that. I was probably about 32. I mean, 9-11 kind of really started, had me asking questions, but I didn't really start waking up till 2012, 2013. Uh, And then it, it, it got turned into overdrive in probably 2016, 2017. And at twenty in twenty sixteen, I was coming out of the of the haze, which was my thirty sixth year. Um, and like you said, up to thirty five is like your predominant years, which is when I was the most, virtually the most blind. Yet my whole life defined fighting the system, fighting this, fighting that, but sort of now finding a purpose towards it. 
My question to you is what woke you up? What took you from that straight A student McGill graduate to the man who, who clearly got excited, but didn't show any emotion on this show. (laughs) (laughs) I would say hitting rock bottom and figuring out that I was doing it to myself Mm -hmm. and then figuring out that this is, this is a structure that has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. They don't have the power to destroy me by force. So they use psychological manipulation, behavior modification, brainwashing through their media sources, the radio in the car, um, the TV shows, the movies, to flood my subconscious mind pathway with enough negative repetitive content that I actually act out their wishes outside my conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. So it was, I became so engulfed with pain. And instead of trying to dull the pain with more sedative compounds and narcotics and painkillers, I actually invited the pain. We call it the pain teacher at the Czech Institute. That's a holistic health institute run by Paul Czech, C-H-E-K. We call that the pain teacher. And when you're strong enough to open the door to the pain teacher and saying, I've heard you knocking for a couple of years. I'm not going to ignore you anymore. Why don't you come in? We're going to have some tea. Tell me what you have to say. And I'm ready for the message. And it's very painful. It's like a, a bus running you over from the front. You stumble up and you hear the reverse horn. And it backs up and runs you over again, runs you over again. And then eventually you get the point. And I got the point is that the only way to fight this system that's based on death, destruction, chaos, and crisis is to stop destroying myself by my own hand and funnel my energy and my monetary resources and my intellect into making my own tomatoes that I'm going to eat myself. That's what I, that's, that's, I just, I hit bottom so hard. It was so painful. I said, I give, I'll listen to the message. Now I got no more fight left. It's funny. We have a very similar story in that sense. Um, One of my, one of my, um, recreational drugs of choice was Percocet as well. And that was a deadly one, right? The, the, the perks and the drinking and the cocaine and all that sort of stuff. Like this was just a Tuesday night for me. Um, When I quit everything, you know, it was a rock bottom moment. It was, it was a self-induced moment. It was the pain I caused the pain that was caused to me. All of it just had me quit. I just said, I'm done. And it was, it was an evolution for myself um, to be done. It started off with a 30-day detox and I fought myself on 30 days. And then and then it was almost like a guard, a guardian angel guiding hand said, You did 30 days. I want to do 30 days, to which I said, I'll do it with you. And then it became 60 days. And most of the most of the drugs at that point were out of my system. And what happened after that was that bus you talked about. It came careening in. And my sciatica, there was a sciatica flare-up. There was massive back pain all over. I was basically bedridden for a year. So I manifested physical pain to keep me locked. And then shortly after that, as I was starting to get better and, and, and well and, and healthier and constantly moving forward in that direction, COVID rolled in. So societal shutdown took over. So, I mean, like this was 2000, like I said, 16, 17, and then the healing took a long time and then COVID hit. And then now it's only now is it a point in time where, where people are sort of re-educating and re-executing, stepping back into society. How old were you or how long ago was it that, that you, that you quit everything that you hit your rock bottom, that you did, uh, that you had that moment? 
that age where you were talking about, 35, 36, maybe 34, where it was really bad. And it's been proven for you to become an independent adult that knows their own selfhood or owns their own selfhood. You do have to go through a painful rite of passage mm -hmm. from child to adult. You have to experience pain and failure. And this is another trick of the people who uh, rule us is that if you're told today that if you're in pain, you're depressed, you're down, that there's a malfunction mm -hmm. and they want you to scoot that pain out as fast as possible. They know that if you experience pain and sit with the pain teacher, you actually evolve and mature and individuate. That's what they call it in psychology. Individuation is the process from child to adult. That's why they bubble wrap the society now. Six kids run a race in the high school. Everybody gets a participation ribbon. No one's allowed to feel the pain of coming last because they want to rob that last place kid of the pain that might get him to dig in and become a man. And instead of watching TikToks, he watches YouTube on how to become a better runner, eat better, stretch better, get in touch with a coach and really dig down and become a better, more powerful, into hu uh, powerful human being. They don't allow the students, uh, the graduating students from high school in California to write the SATs in California because someone might fail because you might actually have to be in some pain. If your mother or father dies, there's a great maturation opportunity there. People are, they run to their doctors, I'm in pain. And the doctor says, oh, that's a malfunction. You should be like really neutral when your mom or dad die. And they give you the antidepressants because they know that all these things are opportunities to become stronger, healthier, better uh, contributors to society. And this is another one of their tricks, painting pain as a goblin when really it's a guardian and then flooding the slave camp with those painkilling substances, caffeine, alcohol, antidepressants, regular painkillers, over uh, prescription painkillers. They don't want anybody maturing. So they don't want anybody to feel their pain because it's a lot easier to, it's a lot easier to farm lambs instead of lions. You blew me away, brother. You blew me away. I, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk until you're until that, that last piece there, I, you know, I'm sitting here going, I didn't step up. I thought I stepped up and by society's norms, I was doing great, but internally I was destroyed. And I didn't step up until I went through that, basically that bedridden year of physical pain where it messed with my mind, the physical, the mental, all of it was nuts. It was at that point. And when you said they don't want that kid getting a coach, learning how to eat right, you know, this, that, and anything and stepping him, stepping his ass out of, out of dead last just accepting dead last and moving on. Everyone's yeah. got their place. I That hit home, man. That hit home. Because it wasn't until that I lived through that that I really stepped it up. So I sit here now at 42 years old, understanding that I'm on the precipice of the beginning of my life. And that's that's so cool because at, at 36 years old, I thought it was over. You know, and and that was that was again living in the system, the very system that we're at war with right now. I was I had accepted them and, and, and to see this stuff and to see this, this natural growth, even as somebody who was quote unquote woke or aware ish back then, you know, you think that you know everything until you go through that pain because they've, like you've said, they've taken that pain from you. 
Yeah, robbed you of the opportunity to become better through your pain. It's, it's unreal because that's the only way you do become better. And you only know that after living through it. Yet all we do is do everything we possibly can to avoid it. Wow. Brain exploded. <laughs> I, 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 you know, we've, we've gone past the hour on you. Uh, I absolutely want to have you back on the show. So hopefully we can do that. Um, I'm going to have, I'm going to have uh, all of your links and everything that we talked about. It's going to be uh, all in the show liner notes. So is there anything that you sort of wanted to say or, or anything that you wanted to draw people back to or raise awareness for while, you know, while you're hearing, well, the millions and millions of my audience, uh, beautiful audience is listening right now. I would just say you should know that willpower and determination will never override the subconscious programming that you've downloaded through repetitive imaging and content via the movies and TV shows. Mm -hmm. So if anybody's out there, cause I'm a self-sabotage coach. Yeah. So if anybody's out there that has tried to become better and they've joined the gym on a January one year, and then they don't go the whole year, they bought a treadmill that they use as a clothing rack in their basement. Um, the ice cream calls them unconsciously and they almost, you know, floating across the floor to the freezer and they don't even know how the Ben and Jerry's gets in their mouth and they wake up with the, you know, liquid ice cream all over their face. Their husband's like, what happened, Judy? Oh, I don't know. I just, I can't remember anything. I just got this ice cream all over my body. Just needed it. <laughs> you just need it. If you, you have to understand that people who rule us do this on purpose. I have programs that use the same mind control techniques they use to make you a human mess, but I use it to make you a human success. If you want to, if you want to learn anything about those programs, just personally email me at Jason at freedom from self sabotage.com. And I'll use the same brainwashing techniques, but I'm going to push you in the opposite direction and I'll show you how easy it can be done. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. I recommend everybody. Here's a, it's one of those funny things. I myself am a coach. My audience knows this quite well. Uh, and and I've, I've been asked numerous times, how can you promote other coaches? Like, don't you want that business? I said, I'll tell you this right now. For every one person that's willing to speak and willing to be a coach, there's 100,000 people that need to hear what they have to say. Absolutely. And there's some people that have the exact same message, but some other people, some essence and some entity won't listen. Right. I'm not going to like, there are people that will never listen to me, but would probably love what you have to say, you know? And, and I think that if, as long as everybody finds everything that they need and operating from abundance, there's so much out there. Uh, and I can say, you know, sitting here right now, having this conversation with you, I've probably learned more in this hour uh, than I have with, you know, my, no offense to my last hundred guests, but my last hundred guests, you know, um, I, I really enjoyed this call. I really enjoyed this, 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 this conversation, this podcast. I really would like to have you back, and I and I'm and I implore anyone who who picked up the same energy uh, listening to this right now to reach out to Jason, um, and connect. There's there's work to be done uh, on anyone that feels that there's work to be done. So, thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You were you you had me worried there a little bit. You're going off the uh, off the script, but it was uh, it worked out uh, fantastic. <laughs> I, and the, but that's what I'm laughing about because that's what this show is like. There's a lot of stuff that I want to sort of pick and prod at, and things that you may not have even ever needed to think about, but they right. do kind of tie in. And I know 
I mean, this mind control thing is super important. It's it's your it's you know it's your coup de grace. It's your, it's your piece. And we talked about mind control. And what people the funny thing is, people were expecting us to jump right into mind control without realizing that throughout the entire episode we talked about mind control, and that is a fun little way to play this game. And and we all learned something more from this. And and it was fun to watch you squirm just a little bit because you're, you're so <laughs> profound in a lot of things. Uh, it was I personally I think this is this is one of my most favorite shows that I've done in a while, and you are a rock star of a guest. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate it. I'll make sure to push it out to my people too. It was a great interview. Right on, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac. 